share some on the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's really been stirring my heart in that, making the transition from the time when He was resurrected, lived on the earth 40 days, and then He ascended back, but He came back. Now I want you to understand this morning that when Job was prophesying here and speaking of this, it was a fulfillment that was going to come on the day of Pentecost. And I just want, I just want to establish that a little bit this morning. And I, I want you to look at Job uh, chapter 2 and verse 28. There is a lot of uh, background we could go into concerning Israel and many things. Uh, they had been robbed and deprived of many things, but God was going to bring a restoration. And actually, I think I'll just read in verse 25, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you all. And you shall eat in plenty. And I want you to notice this this morning, how that God is saying that ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wonderfully with you and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. And I really want to just say something in these. How that God said, I am your God. I will dwell. I will give you plenty. And He says here, and I am with thee, or I am in the midst of Israel. And I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. What a what an introduction to what God is fixing to say now. And I want us to look at this not just only to natural Israel this morning because so many people look at natural Israel as being God's chosen people. Folks, I tell you, salvation came to the Jew first, but the cross, the cross divided the line and it was no longer in a natural seed, but a spiritual seed that God was going to bring forth and establish in Him. So I want us to notice this morning how this is written. And then we're going to go to Acts 2, and I'm not even going to try to minister this morning out of this. I will, but another time. But I just want to give you confirmation this morning of what God has been speaking, what God has been doing. I know sometimes some churches have never been familiar with prophecy. I never heard such a thing as prophecy until 1973. And I was in a meeting in West Virginia, and there was a brother that was ministering, and he began to minister on the gifts of the Spirit, and one of the gifts of the Spirit is prophecy. And, and from that day on, it began... And that was the first time in my life that I ever remember that God gave me a word of prophecy. God gives prophecy individually. He gives prophecy for confirmation. He gives prophecy to us at times when 
where we are, we are wondering sometimes. We are thinking, Lord, is this You or where I'm at? And yet God will come along and confirm it. I've seen it down through the years many times when I began to be connected with brothers and sisters that began to recognize the gift of prophecy. This morning we experienced this. I tell you, the Lord is powerful and great. And, and how God deals with you as individuals, God will come along and begin to speak and confirm and, and just strengthen you and encourage you to just go on in God. Amen. And I want you to understand this morning that that was the prophecies that went on this morning to the individual. It went to individually to everyone in this building this morning that God deals in your heart, God deals in my heart, and sometimes we're just not quite sure. But you know what? God will nail it. And God will speak to it. And God will confirm things in our hearts and in our lives. Now, I said all of that. Let's read verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. Now, after what? All that He has said. If you read there, and I'm not going to take time to go in there, but He's saying it shall come to pass that afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. One of the keynote words that I want us to see and hear this morning is that He said, I will pour out of my Spirit. We don't receive another Spirit. We receive... Someone had asked me a question not long ago. Well, you folks believe that Jesus came back and He was the promise or He was the Holy Ghost. Then why do you have to believe that there's another experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost? And the, you know what came to me? The Lord just gave me the answer as, as John the Baptist stood and He began to declare And He said, I baptize you in water that you might believe on Him that is coming after me and He shall baptize you. He is the baptizer, brothers. He's the baptizer. He's the one that fills. This is what He said. I will pour out of My Spirit, glory to God, upon all flesh. And, and you know that this isn't dealing with just one, one kind of people or one nationality of people because God's plan and God's purpose was unto the nations, that all that would come, all that would believe and receive. So I'll pour out My Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Now look at this this morning. You see, when the, a body of people began to function and to flow by the Spirit, you know what's going to happen? You're going to see your sons. You're going to see your daughters. They'll prophesy the Word of God when there is that Spirit that is in the midst and a people that will praise God. Then what's going to happen is we're going to see our children begin to move into this reality, see? As you and I that are in the Lord and know the depths of the Lord to some extent, then God will pour out His Spirit. Now, so He says here, what after I pour out My Spirit, see, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
See, this should be actually a real normal flowing experience that the body of Christ is experienced. I can tell you from the internet, I can tell you from Facebook, I can tell you from other means that in the recent months of how many people that I have heard begin to speak again about being filled with the Spirit. And in meetings and in conference, whole conferences has been moving throughout the land again and coming to make people aware that the Holy Ghost is something that is real. It's something that I believe, I said it a few weeks ago, I believe everybody can be filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe that. But we'll get into that later. And I'm going to lay out some things in in why I believe that. But now notice this. After those days, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see these. And also, upon the servants and upon the handmaidings in those days. I want you to understand this morning that here was a prophecy that was given through Joel that it was going to come to pass. And I think we'll clearly be able to see that this morning, that this was yet to happen and yet to take place when Job was speaking it. But it's going to take place. So now, when he says, And also upon the servants, upon the handmaidens, in those days will I pour out my Spirit. That is one of the key notes that I really want us to take note of this morning is that we understand that it is His Spirit that will be poured out upon us. Now, and He says, And I will show wonders. Uh, I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Now, a lot of people tries to sit that so far off. But you see, the reality of it is, is that He did come, He did die, He did suffer, and so forth. And we'll see this too. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now I want us to go, and I want you to keep in mind, He said, I'll pour out of My Spirit. Folks, somebody, I remember a few years ago when... Uh, Someone had come to me and they said, Well, Brother Stanley, what do you mean that we have received the Spirit of the living God? We have received that Spirit. 1 John 3, 1 John 4 says He has given us of the Spirit of His Son. Galatians 4 says that because we are sons, He has given us His Spirit and we cry, Alpha, Father, God, you are my Father. Now let's go to Acts 2 this morning. And as we look into book 
into the book of Acts this morning, and we, we're going to touch some things along the line because I'm going to begin to do a sharing when I'm sharing for a while in and going out of the book of Luke 24 and going into the Acts. But I want you to note this morning that in Acts, uh, let's look at Acts 1 just a minute here. In Acts 1, he says uh, uh, in verse 8, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I want to say something about that verse of Scripture this morning. Not only does the Holy Ghost give you power to be witness, but the Holy Ghost is the power that is working and being manifested in you and through you. That by the power of the Holy Ghost... See, they had, they had asked Jesus, was He going to again restore the kingdom to Israel? See, and He said it is in the times of the Father's time. And, and He said, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, and much could be said there, but let's look now in verse, verse uh, chapter 2, and I'm going to begin in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Another key note that I want us to notice this morning, they were all in one accord and they were in one place. Where we allow the Spirit of God to bring us into that one accord and into that one place and to begin to see what God desires and how God desires to move. So then he says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Another key thing of wanting you to see this morning, where did this sound come from? It came from heaven. It actually came, and I'm going back to Acts 1 here, and I'm going to read something to you here in verse 9. And when He had spoken these things, speaking of Jesus, when He had spoken these things while they beheld, He was taken up and a cloud received out of thy sight. Now notice that. He was taken up and a cloud received Him out of their sight. Really, if you do a deep search in that, you will find that the cloud was a cloud of witnesses that He was caught up into. Then the next verse says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven... Now, notice this. What were they doing? They were looking steadfastly toward heaven. As He went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel which also said, Ye men of Galilee, and if you look in Acts 2, it tells you they were all Galileans in that upper room. Alright? So ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus. Now this is, many times people just want to ignore this, but I want you to see this morning that he said, This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall what? 
so come in what? In like manner as you have seen Him go into heaven. Now let's go back to chapter 2 here this morning. And see, we find here in verse 2, chapter 2 of Acts, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. What do, you, what do we think that came? Now we're going to notice something here this morning. And I'm just pointing this out. As a Russian mighty wind. Folks, I'm telling you, you've been in the midst of a wind, ain't you? And the winds are blowing, it's a Russian. Well, this is, the, this is what the Holy Ghost was like. I want to tell you something, and some of you probably have been in meetings, folks, but I'm telling you, I've been in tent meetings years ago when God would just fill people with the Holy Ghost, and some of them probably had a lot of pride, but by the time the Spirit got finished with them, and they were wallowing around in the sawdust. Yeah, got up full came up speaking in tongues. First several years ago I was in uh in the Golden Mississippi and as I was there I was ministering to a brother that we were staying in the same cabin and I was ministering to him about the baptism in Jesus' name and of course, you know, he had never saw it. But make a long story short, I shared the word and night after night we sit in the word. And then at the end of that conference, there came a, a water baptism service. And they, there was Indians, believers that were Indians from Oklahoma that was in that meeting. And they wanted to get baptized in water. Now, I'm talking about water right now. And they wanted to get baptized in water. And this brother that I had ministered to had never seen how there that the Scriptures taught about being baptized in Jesus' name, and he also went into water. And what happened? We baptized them, and I'll tell you the honest truth, folks. Those Indians come out out of that water shouting and praising God and speaking in tongues. Nobody laid hands on them. We just baptized them in water, and they came up, and I tell you, that it was wonderful. You thought they were going to get drowned. Amen. But the Spirit, a rushing mighty wind. Folks, the Spirit is absolutely, we're going to see something here this morning in this chapter of the action of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I think the church probably has tamed it down a lot. I think sometimes people may be afraid of it. But the reality of it is, is when the Spirit of God this Holy Ghost gets moving. i tell you something. It's going to move people. You've got to move. There's a song. You've got to move. You've got to move. And when the Spirit becomes as a rushing mighty wind. So what happened? It comes as a rushing mighty wind. And what did it do? And it filled all the house where they were setting. Exactly in like manner as you have seen Him go, He will come. And here He is. The heavens received Him out of their sight, but now in like manner, here He is. He comes as the Holy Ghost. He comes as the promise of God. And I'm going to be touching on some of this. But I notice this now. And then He says, And there appeared unto them 
cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. Every one of them that were in that room experienced the, that experience like cloven tongues of fire came. The fire of God. What did John the Baptist say? That one that is mightier than I, that when he shall come, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's the baptizer, folks, because he's the promise. He's the one that has come forth and that it's through Him that we are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. See, it's through Him. As Joel has said, I will pour out of My Spirit. And so when we begin to look at this, we begin to see cloving tongues of fire. Now, in Matthew, when, uh, when John the Baptist was speaking of that, He says that the fire is a purging floor. See, He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose fan is in His hand. He shall thoroughly purge the floor, put the wheat in the garner. That's the light, the seed of God that comes in. And the chaff shall be blown away. The chaff is that which is of the flesh of man is blown away that God can flow by His Spirit. Now, notice this. Tongues of fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them up. There's a lot of questions going on today about whether speaking in tongues is really real. Whether it's really for the day. Because it's been watered down. And there, are, there is teaching out there today that teaches a people that after the apostolic day, that in other words, this was for the apostles, this was for that time, but after that, there was no need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, some people tries to take, and uh, they tried to take the tongue away from the Holy Ghost. But it comes, folks, and we're going to, I'm going to take you, not today, but I'm going to take you into Scripture. I hope the next time I gather, I think it'll be Easter Sunday. So that'll be a good message for Easter. Amen. But I'm going to take you in Scripture and show you the importance of being empowered with the Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. And there's numbers of men that we see in the Word, in the book of Acts alone, that you will see and you will find because of the wisdom and the power of the Spirit that was in them, the healings and the miracles that was taking place because they were men full of the Holy Ghost. I just want to lay something out here this morning on that. In Acts chapter 6, it was the day when there was many widows. And, and dissension began to come amongst the widows. See, and so the apostles, they had been involved in it, but then they came to the place and they said, Pick out from among you men of good report, honest, full of the Holy Ghost, to set over the business. So they were set over the business to see that the widows were taken care of. And then the apostles said that we may 
give ourselves to fasting and to prayer and to the Word of God, see that we may minister that Word unto them. But what happened here, out of all of those men, seven men, there was two men that the Bible records that I will take you and show you this, how that they were filled. That was Philip and Stephen. They were men filled with the Holy Ghost. What does it mean to be filled? You say, Brother Stanley, if we have the Spirit, we are born of the Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It simply means that now that we come to allow the Spirit to control us. See, the Spirit to have its rightful place in our hearts, in our life. It's not just to speak in tongues. It's not just that, but glory to God. If you ever get filled with the Holy Ghost, you will speak in tongues. I'll tell you that this morning. I'll tell you just straight out, because I'm telling you, I remember when I was so confused. That was a time in my life, folks, that I was very confused when Em and I first moved to Manassas in 63 and we were going Baptist churches, Assembly of God churches, we were going everywhere. We were trying to find a place to make a long story because this was over a period of a couple of years that I'm talking about. But to make it short this morning, I never forgot how confused I became. One said it was for you. One said I was in a church for a year. And they said it was of the devil, a Baptist church. They said it was of the devil. Uh, Another one said it was no longer uh, needful today because of the ending of the apostolic age of the apostles. It had, it had, that was the end of that. So I became, became so confused, folks. And we just go from wherever we felt like we were going to go on Sunday morning and go to somewhere to church. And I'll never forget this. I got before God. I was so unearnest and sincere in my heart. And yet, I was so confused. You ever get confused? Sure. I was so confused and I had to get before God. And actually, back there, I had a room. Every it was very seldom ever a day that I wasn't back in that room at night praying, just pouring my heart out to God. Love. I love the presence of God. I guess I'm a crybaby under the presence of God, but there is nothing like the glory and the presence and the sweetness of the Lord. And I said, God, I said, I am so confused. I want to know is the Holy Ghost real? And the only way I knew to pray, because I've been in Pentecostal churches too, the only way I knew to pray, and I said, God, if this thing is not, it's, it's not real and it's not for the day, I said, God, I'll never step my foot again in another Pentecostal church. Because, see, they taught me and filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and so as I prayed and I sought the Lord over it, I went to, for some reason, we went to Assembly of God that Sunday morning. We hadn't been there for a long time. The pastor didn't left. And you know, in the <coughs> assemblies, when the pastor's gone, they, they'll send other ministers in, and 
then the congregation will vote on them to which pastor they want. Well, that morning there was a brother that was there trying out for the fellowship, and would you believe what he preached on? Being filled with the Spirit. Folks, that was a house. It was like a house. Pastor didn't live upstairs. They used it like Sunday school. And I'll never forget this, and I'll never deny this experience in my life. I went about third step, and I got before the Lord, and I just began to worship. I just began to worship and praise God. And I said, God, I'm here for you to feel me. If this is real, I'm here for you to feel me. And I'm telling you, it was like a living fountain of life. Water just gushed all over my spirit. That honest, I couldn't even speak English for a while. I'll never forget, Emma and Sister Gray was the only two people left. Because, man, I'm having a time in God. Everybody else is going home but Emma and Sister Gray. And they're standing at the back door, and I'm telling you, God's just filling me. God's just filling me. And then, when I walked back to the door to, to shake Sister Gray's hand, I couldn't even speak English. Well, I go back to the church I went to for a year, and I sit down with the brethren, because they believed that speaking in tongues was of the devil, and I began to share. Actually, I stayed there until 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning. I began to tell them how I began to pray, how I set my heart that I want to know God. I want everything that God has for me. And they said, and after I told them how I prayed, they said, well, don't you think the devil put a spell on you? I said, I want to tell you one thing, brother. This thing that I got uh, the other Sunday, I want to tell you that I know it's not, the devil's got nothing to do with it. It is of God. It is of God. Folks, I tell you, my spirit has been be, really been stirred about the church being filled with power. Amen. Filled with the anointing of God. By the Holy Ghost and power. The anointing that breaks the fretters. The anointing that breaks the yoke. And here we find, so they were there. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. What, 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 why, they were, why was they there? Now, I'm going to get in this a little more precise. They were there because in Luke 24, and I'll just tell you this so you can read it. So when I get in it, you'll see it. In Luke 24 and 49 begins a process after Jesus had rose from the dead, He had ate with the disciples, He had drank with the disciples, but then they were there in Bethany, and he tells them, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait for the promise. Amen. And the Bible said there that the heavens received him up or he was taken up into heaven. Mark 16, I never saw that verse. Mark 16 says he was taken up into heaven. There was a transition that took place. And in that, after that 40 days, that he was on the earth, walking the earth for 40 days, 10 days later, 
which is, means 50, which means Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover, then here comes the infilling of the Holy Ghost. See, that's what it means. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. So all of these were gathered there unto the feast and unto the feast of Pentecost. So all of a sudden, as they are there, they are waiting. They, that's what they were doing. They were waiting for the promise to come. And so here we find that the promise did come. They were filled. Notice that now. And they were all filled. I believe with all of my heart that they were believers. Amen. See, I believe with all of my heart that they were people that followed Jesus and, and they were obedient to Jesus to go there. So it's no doubt in my mind that they were not what you would say Christians or believers. But at the same time, as being believers now, they were there to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so what happened? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them others. And, and there was dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now somebody says, well, see, this was dialect of languages. I won't argue that point. But here's the, here's the transition that took place. All of those that were in the upper room they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were filled with that fire. It tongues of fire set upon each one of them. And what was happening, there, the Scripture will tell us that it was noise abroad. Wasn't a silent thing, folks. See, some people think the Holy Ghost has to be just a silent thing. Quiet, easy. And it does, it does move that way. Don't misunderstand. But here we find that as they were there, there was others. I believe this. Now this is what I really believe. I believe that there was only, it says in Acts 1, that it was about 120 in that upper room. And I believe that because God filled them with the Holy Ghost and it began to spread abroad, it went out from the upper room. And then here's those that we're reading about now in this next verse, in verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of what? Every nation under sun. Because they had come up for the feast. Now, now when this was noised abroad, notice this. See, it wasn't something silent in that upper room. When they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke with other tongues and it fell upon each one of them, it wasn't something silent. It was something that the noise abroad and multitudes came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now notice this. See what God did here? He took that transition that takes place in, in the mist, and this noise, the noise coming out of the upper room, I'm sharing with you what I really believe. There was a noise coming out, because these men had been filled with the Holy Ghost, and with fire and tongues of fire had set upon each one of them, and as that noise went abroad, 
Then here were those that were gathered together. And as they were gathered together, they were confounded. The Bible said they were confounded because that every man heard them. Now, when it says them, means those men that was in the upper room. They heard them speak in his own language. See what God did? God took that that was going on in the upper room, noise the broad, and they began to come together. They were confounded, and they began to see what was happening and what was taking place. And then it says, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? So it shows that everyone in that room was Galilean. Alright? How hear we every man in our tongue wherein we were born? And then it goes in, and I'm going to skip all those names. You know how good I am at names. And then in verse 11, Cretes and Abarians, we do hear them speak. Now notice this. See, God transformed that language that they were speaking, those Galileans that were filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did He do? And what, we do hear them speak in our tongues, what? The wonderful works of God. That was what God was doing in the midst of them to bring in their own language to speak unto them and show them the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were, and were in doubt. Now notice this. Some was amazed because they heard them speak in the language wherein they are born. See? But they were speaking out from the Spirit. See, the Spirit gave them utterance, folks. This is a key thing in what we're talking about. It was the Spirit that gave them utterance. So it was the same Spirit that they had been filled with that was given the utterance to those that were there at that feast. And so they heard the wonderful works of God. And so they said, they were all amazed, verse 12, and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mock and say, these men are full of new wine. That new wine was good, wasn't it? Huh? That new wine was the Spirit, folks. Now, here's where I'm going to come and then I'm going to close today. I'm just laying this out. Now look at what Joel said, right? Go back to, take your mind back to the Scriptures of Job. After those days, I will pour out of my Spirit. Alright? Now, Here's the crowd. They've heard them speak in the language wherein they were born, the wonderful works of God. They, some were amazed at that, that God could speak the wonderful works of God. But others, they mocked, and they said, these men are full of new wine. Now, let's look what Peter said. And Peter clarifies this. But Peter standing up with the eleven, the other eleven apostles, lifted up his voice and said unto them, 
Now he's saying to these that's mocking, he's saying to those that were amazed, he's saying to those that were in doubt, right? So what is he saying? So Peter's standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearten to my words. Be it known to you, hearten to what I'm going to say, Peter is saying. For these are not drunk, as ye suppose, seeing is but the third hour today. I guess the liquor store hadn't opened up. But these are not drunk. Whereas ye suppose, seeing is but the third hour today. Oh, but listen at this. Here's Joel. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day. So I want you to notice something here. When did the last days come? When was the last days fulfilled? It was fulfilled because God was bringing an order from that of the old covenant and bringing a new covenant. He was coming from an order where the Spirit of God did move upon the prophets and those of old, but now was coming to where the Spirit of the living God was going to be in them. See, so he said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on mine handmaidens I will pour out in those days. See, Joel said in the last days, in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. So it's fulfilled. Peter stands up and said, this is that. It's never been something you wait for since. But I will tell you this, to be filled with the Holy Ghost comes to the place that you believe it's for you and to receive it and be filled with it. I saw it. I saw it not long ago in, in Acts 8. I saw where the apostles, after they had believed and they had been baptized, then the apostles heard that those that were in Samir heard the word, they believe it, and they were baptized. And then the apostles came down, and he said that they would lay their hands on them that they might Receive, And I tell you, this spoke volumes to me not long ago. Many times that I've read that, I had never saw this in this compassion. So they came down to lay hands on them. See, they believed and they had been baptized. So they, in our vocabulary, they were Christians. They believed they had received the gospel that Philip had preached to them. And therefore now... It was time that they would come to realize that the Holy Ghost was formed. So what happened? The apostles come down. 
laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. I want you to hear that this morning. And the Bible says, and they received. See, the work of the, the apostles there was to come down, lay hands on them that they might receive, but it was the responsibility of a people to believe it and receive it. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, does not say that they spoke in tongues there, but I'm not doing away with the tongues. It's too much in it to throw your tongues away. I'm telling you. But it said there was something that was so manifested. When they received the Holy Ghost, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, something was so manifest that Simon offered money that when he had that he that when he would lay hands on them, they would receive the Holy Ghost. Now we know his motive was wrong. But nevertheless, because he had saw the result of those apostles laying hands on them that they might receive those that received the Holy Ghost, something took place. Something was manifested that caused Simon wanted to believe. I wanted to buy it with money. Of course, Peter rebukes him for that. And so, I just want to share this this morning. And I'm going to get more into it because I tell you, God really confirmed this to me this morning. He really did. I was sitting last night and the Lord just began to speak. He said, I just want you to begin to get involved in what I've been trying to take you to. And that you can bring it to the people. So notice now, what happened? Peter, uh, Peter says, this is that which the prophet chose, uh, and it shall come to pass, verse 17, last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out of my spirit those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now I will show wonders in the heavens. I'm not going to get in that this morning. But I want to say something this morning. I was looking some time ago. See, many times we take when we read the Scripture, we think they were recorded at the exact same time it took place. But according to what I've looked and the Thompson chain has, I guess, one of the best reference of what time that that was. Now, our Bible has that too, Bob. It was about A.D. 61 that this had been written and recorded. Now, you think of that. So when you get to the blood and the fire and the day of the coming of the Lord, it's already took place. When it's recorded here, it's already done took place. It's already happened. And so we're going to get into some of that. We're just going to try to break it down a little bit at a time and get involved in some of that that we can really come. Folks, my spirit cries out. I'm telling you, my spirit cries out. Not just a return to something old, but 
as I shared, I've shared two messages on being renewed and being taken a reviewing. Something that perhaps we may have slipped through our minds, our fingers, and have not allowed the Lord. And I'm going to share this with you this morning. And there was a brother that some of us know. 28 years, I never heard him ever teach on being filled with the Holy Ghost. Yet he was filled. And one day I was thinking, in fact, Bob was in that service, that he spoke in tongues, he praised God in tongues, but it was never a message taught to be filled. He would make the statement, I've been speaking in tongues since I've been five years old. The night that I shared that was on a Tuesday night, Brother Bob, if you remember. The very next day, God spoke into my heart. And he said, you know why? He spoke in tongues at five years old. Because he sat under a ministry that taught to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The importance of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And you see, sometimes I think we've let that slip. I think sometimes we, we don't feel that it's so important. But all I can say to you this morning, you, you're here, you haven't been filled, you seek the face of God. You ask God. I'll guarantee you God will never disappoint. And I'll guarantee you another thing. I'll guarantee you that there is a power and a boldness that will come in you that you've not had. Amen. Though you are born again, though you are in Christ, there is a power. They have power. They have boldness to speak the Word of God. Folks, those people, they suffer many, many afflictions and, and sufferings for the sake of the Christ, but the power of the Holy Ghost that was in them kept them to go on and keep on enduring and being strong in the Lord and going forth and proclaiming Him. Amen. Well, as far as I'm going today, glory to God. And I guess I've opened enough, enough we could be here another two hours. Amen. Especially with Wayne and Bob. <laughs> but you know what? That's all right. Get, get before the Lord, folks. My heart has been praying for some time for our fellowship. We need the Holy Ghost. We really do. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, I'm going to show you that there is a difference in you just getting born again of the Spirit and you being filled with that Spirit. Amen. There is a difference. You know, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, but the Lord won't let me speak for That having the Holy Ghost is one of the most soul-freeing things that can happen for believers. Anyone who has experienced being baptized in the Holy Ghost and will not, as much as in his power, teach it to others, shame on him. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because it's one of those things where Jesus said, He shall know the truth, and the truth shall make him free. Amen. And if we hold back any of God's truth from the people. We're holding back their freedom 
in the Lord. Amen. You know, it, it, it's, it's a shame that someone has been so empowered by the Spirit that he wouldn't want to help anyone who came across his path into the same power unless he's afraid that in them getting power, he, he might somehow. But that's not how God. No. No. God doesn't meet this down a little bit here and a little bit there. No. <laughs> What, what it is... Well, is, we're going to see it. ...is allowing the ministry to function. You, you, you know, I, I was going to share this with, with probably Brother Stan at home, but I'll share it at open. Uh, I sit here after I've given the word of uh, the words of prophecy. And the Lord was still speaking to me. And he spoke to me and said, You shall, you shall compliment one another. Your debts and riches will be shown as they are of me. Brother Stanley will bring them that they can hear. He will be used to establish and you will be used to feel. The joining of these ministries shall bring forth, said the Lord. That's what the Lord was speaking to me. It's it's allowing ministries, Bob, to flow. Not a minister, but ministries. Amen. And the only reason I share this, like I said, we'll share it privately with Brother Stanley, but I share it openly. Because we that are in ministry, we are just a, a, as Bill Lynn says it very good, we are a stream of the river, we're not the river. Right, right. And, and many times we think we're the river, we've got, nope. we've got the whole thing. And, and, the, and the Lord flows in ministries in establishing the truth, in establishing the Holy Ghost, and he closed the ministries and filling with the knowledge and filling with the understanding. But these are all ministries of the Lord. Sure. And if, and if we, and, and you know, as you were speaking there, I, I think sometimes the understanding, because it's taken me a while to understand that, I think sometimes the understanding, especially when you come into to deep revelation, you see that God's people need this deep revelation. You really see it because of what it's doing in your life. And but to come to that place, they need to be established. There needs to be a working to establish the people. So so ministries complement. And and if, and if ministers would learn that that we complement one another, that that it's a it's a working of the Lord to furtherance the truth. It's not. It's not to exalt or set forth a, a one man or, or even two men. It's, it's, to, it's to bring forth the Lord and the people. Amen. But, but I, I don't know that, that a lot of brothers do what they do intentionally, that there's a, and yeah. you know, because there's such a depth of understanding in people at times that, that that's, what they, that's what they can see. But what it's like what we what we need and the Lord will bring forth even this fellowship what we need whether it's uh, uh, Sunday school uh, teachings at times whether it's it's people to come at, at, you know at, you know we'll see how the Lord works it that people come at ten o'clock and go through Sunday school for thirty minutes or forty five whatever it is to establish them because because people are in different places in God. And God wants to just flourish in all of them. Yeah. And, and Sister Sheila, I, before I forget this, when I spoke to you of Benny, 
that same word that's in Denny's in you two, you're one. So that so that's in you and, and I really appreciate you. I want you to know Amen. that I really appreciate your commitment to the body of Christ. Your coming and being with us is a commitment to the Lord. Amen. We appreciate you. We love you. I see you just, just flourishing in God. I, I love the joy you bring. I really do. You come you come in with a lot of joy, sister. And you really bless me. You really bless my heart. Amen. I want you to know that. That you're you're highly, highly regarded and highly loved. Highly loved. Amen. Lord is so good, isn't he? Amen. Well, we're going to lay some things out in this. This I just hit the highlight today, and uh, but we're going to lay out and show you in the scriptures the importance of being one that is a believer, and then the importance of being filled as a believer, because it's in the scriptures. It's there. It's laid out beautifully. In the scriptures. Okay. God bless. All hearts clear. Amen. Sure she is.